Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Bennett Conlon, and I am joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. Jack, how are you? Fantastic. Um, yeah, that's all about all I can say right now. Fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. No complaints. <laughs> so we had... Sports are good. Everything's great. Life is good. We had a very exciting, <laughs> and this is your brainchild, a very exciting and somewhat controversial JMU Sports. Very controversial. Yeah. Oh, my. Every round has had controversy. We did a little March Madness bracket for the best JMU Sports moment. Do you want to explain sort of the idea and then also the result? So the idea was that we wanted to kind of take so – because so much has happened in JMU Sports history within the – Volleyball winning back-to-back CA titles, swim and dive winning back-to-back CA titles, football winning a national championship. Um, I'm blanking on other things that have happened. Blanking on complete other things that have happened, but just so many things have happened. So we were like, let's kind of take a deep dive back into what has happened in all of Jamie sports, like the 1983 College World Series when – this was a huge omission by us. Yeah. And this was probably the first egg on the face we had with this bracket, but was JMU women's basketball beating a one seed in Penn state years ago, I think mm-hmm. in the eighties and just, and other things like that. We brought in 19, the 1994 field hockey championship. Um, like I said, college world series, men's soccer made the elite eight this year. But men's basketball winning an NCAA tournament. Ken Qualco's the amazing buzzer beater in the CA tournament finals. I think that was in the 90s. Just so many things have happened. And so we wanted to see when matched up that say when the 1994 field hockey national championships matched up with Jamie football's last second field goal against Weber State, who wins that? And then so on that then matched up with beating North Dakota State and North Dakota State won that one. So it's kind of to see how things happen. And, and I think the one thing that we learned from this is that recency bias is real. Yes, we definitely both putting the bracket together and also in the voting, there was a lot of recency bias. Yeah. I know a lot of people were confused. I think, what was it? Beating North Dakota State. Is that the one that beat Virginia Tech? Which 
it, it is the one that beat Virginia Tech. The three seed taking over the two seed in the our seeding yeah. system, which really wasn't a real seeding <laughs> system. It was just a way to yeah. put it down. But I, I agree with that one, but that also might be me being younger and I wasn't around when JMU football beat Tech. So, But I think just beating the Goliath of North Dakota State in the FCS semifinals kind of is bigger for the program than beating Tech. What's your take on that one? Do you think Tech should have beaten North Dakota State in that round? That one's close, and I think that there are a lot of people who are sort of strong on both sides, and at least for me, the way I look at it, the Virginia Tech win is more improbable. I think that's like a more impressive victory like on its own, but I think when you yeah. look at the overall body of work the North Dakota State win meant and what that whole season meant, that was more important. Going on to win the national championship, beating such a dominant team, in their building, which they never really lose in the Fargo Dome was huge. And you look at the Virginia Tech win, they didn't even make the playoffs that year. So, yeah. I mean, like the, the win on its own is fantastic. And it's probably, I mean, people aren't going to talk another 10 years from now. Maybe they're not going to be like, we beat North Dakota State. Like, I, don't, I think we're sort of on that peer level, or Jamie's on that peer level with North Dakota State, at least in, in some regards. When you look at Virginia Tech, that's sort of a school, especially football wise, that has much more tradition than JMU and plays at the FBS level. So the overall thing, I think the North Dakota State sort of win and season was better, but I think the Virginia Tech, just that individual game was more impressive. Yeah, right now, looking at the championship matchup, which is 2016 National versus North Dakota State, beating North Dakota State. Beating North Dakota State has a 10 percentage point advantage right now, 45 to 55. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one played out. We had a lot of just absolute blowouts, though, in the first round. I mean, Swim and Dive, I don't think, got a single vote against the 2016 Football National Championship, which, yeah, that's a, that was a pretty bad one versus four, looking back. <laughs> yeah. But there were some – I mean, North Dakota State and Virginia Tech, that one I think was like a 49-50. Yeah, that one was vote. really close. Like, some of them are so close that it's just fun to watch on our Twitter. And just – it was 52-48, just – so close. The NCAA, uh, that's a different poll we had. But just some of them are right down to the wire. Like, lacrosse national championship was 44% and beating Tech was 56 Just, we haven't had a real upset since the 2004 national championship destroyed football beating App State. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's really fun to see sort of the discussion that goes around and just sort of people sharing their opinions and it's it's nice at least from my perspective i don't know about you but just to hear people who are around before us in terms of jmu fandom they're able to yeah. actually talk about you know which ones matter to them because the 08 win over appalachian state i didn't know that happened of course until i came to the university because i didn't you know i didn't follow <laughs> jmu sports and if you don't really follow the fcs you're not going to know about fcs upsets yeah and i think just seeing the amount of even us, both of us trying to like put our brains together and figure out what moments can we do, just how real recency bias is, just the fact that we completely missed right. women's basketball. Like there was no women's basketball moment on there, and yeah. that's completely on us because there are so many moments they've had, but they haven't done anything really spectacular probably in the last 10 years. Yeah, 15 I mean, they've been years. really solid. When IT games, that doesn't necessarily jump off the top of the head. So I think for us in the recency bias with them just yeah. winning CA titles, but people are so used to that, that it's almost, you know, 
doesn't sort of jump off the page when you're looking for stuff. Do you think, in your opinion, the two that are facing off in the quote-unquote championship round are two of the best Jamie sports moments we've had? They're definitely up there. They're definitely up there. I think they're they're both really impressive moments. I think I ended up voting for the North Dakota State win just because that game was so, so – it was such a great game too. And I think when I look at the, the championship – yeah. I sort of look at that game a little bit too, and the game against Youngstown State was kind of a snoozer. I mean, Jamie sort of controlled the whole way. Oh, one hundred and ten percent. That I yeah. I was at that game, and I don't remember the third quarter, not <laughs> right. because of alcohol or anything, but because it was a. I think I was standing in line for the bathroom the entire third quarter, just because nothing. Was yeah, happening. I was there covering it for the breeze, and I'm gonna be honest. I don't like. There are very few plays that jump out. There's like a touchdown, <laughs> a blocked punt, and then storming the field, but. In between, there was a lot of like two-yard <laughs> runs and punts. It was it was slow for a while. It was a Mike yes. Houston game too. Yes. That's kind of, that's kind of what Mike Houston liked. So it's fitting that that's sort of how the Dukes <laughs> won the national championship in his first season, which is crazy impressive. And now they'll win another one in their first season with Kurt Signet. Yeah, yeah. First, I thought you were going to go with ECU winning it with Houston. I was like, place that back because you'll make a lot of money. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> I if I could bet a bowl game that they'd win, I would bet. I think they're going to be in a. In two years, they'll be in a New Year's. Oh wow! Like the one of those like six big time bowls. Yeah. Um, oh, Houston love. Next year though, they won't. They'll be in a bowl. They'll be in a good bowl, not I can a see great him making bowl. A bowl. I think he's gonna have a. Like the Camping World <laughs> Bowl, like that one, like yeah. the one that Tech's in. It seems like every year. I think he's gonna have one. a slow rebuild there, but I also don't know about the roster. But you're right about Signetti. He does have a legitimate chance to win a national championship in his first season. And if those 25 second Jamie football videos t- tell me anything, they're looking good. And Gabe and Gabe Malone is gonna be a starter. I saw him throw. He was running to his right, and he threw a pass. There are no defenders. <laughs> about 30 yards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think he's the guy based on that. Well, I think if you recorded <laughs> me for 25 seconds working out, and I slow I think it down I like a lot, impressive too. You add like some dope music in the background. <laughs> yeah, I could, uh, we can we can figure it out. <laughs> I'll, I would look like the potential starter. Just Pat me throwing <laughs> a ball with no defense on the run for a touchdown with yeah, really intense music and slow it down right when yes. the pass leaves my hand. So it's like that'd be beautiful. No, it's <laughs> they've been given like twenty-five to thirty-second clips, and I'm like, I they're fun. I like them. It's like, I just don't know what to, what to make of it. But it's also like they're a little too short for me to get like hyped. I don't know if fans are getting hyped about it. For me, though, watching it, I'm like, I watch twenty-five seconds. And I'm like, all right, Kendall Dean made a catch. What's really what's really crucial to me for to get hype with one of those videos yes. is the music. Like, this is the I just thought of this as the perfect segue. Side note, I love how our segues are always seamless, it seems like, but we always we, make them non-seamless yeah. by saying how seamless That's very they true. are. Every time we have a good one. But seamless transition. <laughs> um, the women's basketball just dropped a hype video for their win over Georgetown. And it was great video, great content, but the music <laughs> was not my favorite. Like, it was – Really not. Oh, maybe hype I did. Music, and I was watching it. And I turned it off, and I was like, "This isn't getting me hype for the semifinals." I thought it was one that was going to have like Kurt in the background, right? And it didn't. Is that right? Or maybe that was a different one. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. You kind of cut out there for a little there bit. Was, so I there did was not one. Hear what I can't remember if it's this video, but I thought it was gonna have Kurt like in the background, and it didn't. And it was just like way too, in, not even intense music. It was just music. I think that was that might have been okay. the tech one because tech had him like it started with him okay. talking like here at the convocation center. That one was the, okay. The hyped up quarterfinals, whatever he said. This last one they posted was like. It started with really intense, like, drum beats, <laughs> like, the bass, like, boom, boom, and, like, really intense shots of them, like, really zoned in. And the music was, like, a top 40s <laughs> hit. And I was like, well, just a beeper. All right. Be perfect for it. I was like, this is not what I want to his- listen to as I'm getting ready to play Northeastern, Western, sorry. Oh, man. On Wednesday. I made my northeastern typo in a tweet. I swear, I looked, I looked through, and I was like, "All right, sweet." I didn't make the mistake. I typed northwestern, not northeastern. And then somebody was like, "It's northwestern." I was like, "I was going to respond and be like, yeah, I know. That's why I typed it.'" And I looked at my my original tweet, and I was like, "You moron!" So if I make a lot of northeastern typos this week, at least it'll be over soon. I just need the game to end so I don't have to type it out. I've typed northeastern so many times in the last four years. I need to be done. Yeah. I I was talking to someone today about it. I was like, yeah, they play Northwestern on Wednesday. And they go, you mean Northeastern? And I was like, no, <laughs> I mean Northwestern. Jeez. <laughs> Just crazy. But, yeah, it's going to be a great game, though. Actually, I have no idea if it's going to be a great game because I don't know if Northwestern I started looking good. into their, their stats, and they are defense heavy. So it's going to be one of those, like, first of 50 games. Oh man. I mean if if JMU let's get into quick yeah. analysis. If JMU can play like they did when they were at their peak against Georgetown and what they were against Virginia Tech, I think they easily win this game. Yeah, I mean Northwestern they've done a nice job the last few many ways to win, but they're not like overly impressive. They're like they're twenty and fourteen. So I mean they they lose a lot, like which I mean they're playing a tougher schedule than JMU in the Big Ten, but they're, yeah. they're not great. I know they have a lot. I forget the stats. Somebody tweeted, I think it might have been Kurt, that they have like seven players that are 6'3 or 6'4. So they have yeah, some, did. some height, but they don't – I was looking at their stats. They make the fewest threes per game of anybody in the Big Ten. So they're just going to try to score like 50 <laughs> points and like score in the paint. I mean, shoot, that yeah. might work. But like, I don't know. They're in the WNIT for a reason. Like – I feel like JMU just matches up really well against WNIT teams. Like, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And I think that playing against JMU, who also plays good defense, even though they have some tall players, Northwestern, I do think it's tough to consistently score against Kayla Cooper Williams and Devin Merritt, unless yeah. you're getting one of the two or maybe even both in foul trouble. I think that they're, they're just solid defensively and whether they're blocking a shot or contesting well, it's not easy to beat JMU with this strategy of we're going to hit like four threes and then try to win it with defense. Because JMU likes that game, and that JMU has enough three-point shooters that are healthy to be able to sort of beat you by making deep shots. And just the fact that they're in the combo. Right. Like, I feel like that's such a huge advantage to JMU. Like, I was at the game against Georgetown, and it was a crazy crowd for a Georgetown right. game. Like. The tech one was amazing. I wish I could have been there. I was laying in my bed half dead <laughs> watching that game, and I was just wishing I could be a mile away in that 
convo because that 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 crowd was raucous. But this Northwestern game, I feel like it's still going to be a raucous crowd. They're not really going to know how to handle it. And then Jackie Benitez will hit a three, and the crowd will absolutely love it, even though she's one for seven. <laughs> right, exactly. In Northeastern, they're seven and seven on the road, one and two on neutral sites, and they're twelve and five at home. So significantly worse. Yeah. When they're on the road, which is you know that's most teams. But I think that what is it, thirty-one straight now that Jamie's won at home or something like that. I mean, I just I don't know. I have a hard time seeing them losing this game with multiple days to prepare. They're playing at home. Aside from Lexi, they're pretty healthy, and they're playing at a really high level. I just don't. I just don't see them losing. Yeah, I, I, th- I think if Kamaya has a somewhat of a good game, Jackie has somewhat of a good game. And Kayla and Devitt, Devin do what they normally do. And Logan, can't right. forget about Logan. You got into a little <laughs> Twitter argument with her, but it's fine. We'll we'll avoid that, even though I think you're the reason she went off in that tight game. I like game. to be but... the source of motivation. <laughs> so just tweet something that's really Northwest pro-Northwestern. Oh, yeah. And then they'll win this game. If I, if I keep doing it, I'll keep getting them going. I do think Logan's going to be a key to the – the next game and if they make it to the championship there's just seems like there's like she's normally very feisty and plays where they are but it seems like now that you know her career ends with a loss it seems like she has like an extra added like almost anger in the way she's playing yeah and she and she's been shooting more and that's something i love like now that she's shooting more her defender whoever's defending her on offense actually has to like play on her like earlier on in the season and kind of in conference play, you knew she wasn't going to shoot. So her off on her and play the passing lanes because she's not going to pull up from 18 feet, from 20 feet. She's going to look for that pass. But now she's driving and then sometimes taking that contested layup instead of kicking it out. And it's making them play more true to her. And I, I love it. I love that change in her game. Yeah, I mean, she's not a bad shooter from sort of like the free throw line and in. So I think that when she's able to take those shots and force people to guard her a little bit better, it helps. And also just yeah. with Lexi Hurt and, you know, Jackie Benitez, as streaky a shooter as she is, it helps when they have someone else that's, <laughs> that's like, able to put the ball in and score. So I think that Logan, if she can get, you know, 6 to 10 or whatever, that's going to help the team a lot. Yeah, streaky is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. she, God, I don't think I've ever seen a player more streaky than she I is. Agree. How can you go three for twenty seven and then the next game blow it up? Like, <laughs> yeah. I I don't get it. And it, does, it but, doesn't seem like there's a huge variation. And maybe I'm missing something. Like in the way she's shooting, it seems no, similar, it, and the shot selection is pretty similar. It's just like it seems like she has the silkiest shot I've ever seen. It's smooth. It's compact. It's quick. Everything about her shots right. And it's beautiful when it goes in, but when it misses, it really misses, and there's no change in it. <laughs> yeah, it looks the same. I don't know if it's like setting her feet or what, but it's, I don't know, it's something. Uh, it, but with all of that said, do you think they can win the next two games and win it all? I do, just because I think that the, the Northwestern game, to me, isn't overly scary. I think Northwestern has good size, but they're not like a fantastic rebounding team. They don't make a lot of threes. So it's going to be, at least in my opinion, it's going to be a low-scoring game, which JMU feels very confident in. They're playing at home. And then the championship, some of it depends. I believe this is sort of like a bidding system. 
with Jeff Bourne and the yeah. other athletic director. So if he's if he you know pays for the championship at home, then I think they will. Although I'll say if they go on the road to play the winner of TCU Arizona, I think they that game. So I think it depends a little bit on on where they're playing. I just can't imagine. At least it's hard for me to imagine them losing a game at home in the championship just because I know how insane that crowd would be. Yeah, and I, I see Jeff Bourne putting yeah. up the necessary money to bring the championship. If he has the opportunity to have any type of championship in Harrisonburg, he's going to make sure it happens. And yeah, Northwestern, a team that can't shoot threes, is going to beat you in the paint and play defense. That's what JMU is, but JMU's a good three-point shooting team if they need to be. So for that reason, I think they can win this game easily. And then TCU-Arizona, if they have to travel to Harrisonburg and play in front of the Harrisonburg crowd, I think it's a win for JMU. That's kind of a hike for either team, Arizona to Harrisonburg or even Texas to Harrisonburg. So I think that there is a big advantage to whichever team doesn't have to travel. So, I mean, it should be interesting to see how it all plays out, but – but it would be big if they get a WNIT championship. So would, do you think a WNIT title, where does that stand compared to winning NCAA tournament games or making the tournament in your mind? So we put this Twitter with this poll up on Twitter, and, and people said they'd prefer an NCAA tournament berth. Personally, mm-hmm. I'd prefer a WNIT championship. Like, your season ends with a win. You're, you're going out as a champion. Granted, it does mean you didn't win your, the CAA. But everyone looks to JMU and knows they should have been the CA champion. A couple fluke injuries cost them that chance. And so, to me, looking at this team and just overall, I'd rather go out as winners than making it to the NCAA tournament and losing that first-round game. Maybe winning that and then losing in the second-round game. Don't get me wrong, an NCAA tournament berth is huge for the program and is great. But as a fan, personally, I, I like a WNIT championship run. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I think that a WNIT title is a pretty big deal. Um, Jamie's never done that. I think they've been in the championship game once and lost to Oklahoma yep. State, but they've never actually won the whole thing. And I think that'd be a pretty big deal for the program. Um, making the NCAA tournament is obviously the goal, but I think with so many players returning next year to be able to win a WNIT title and then yeah. make the NCAA tournament next year would be a really special two seasons. And I think some of it helps too, that they're playing at home for all these games. I think that sort of adds to the value is just like they get, well, they've already had four games that fans have been able to watch them come out and, you know, compete and advance through this bracket, which I think is, is nice for the fan base. Yeah, I mean, if this was all away and they're winning at Tech, at Georgetown, at NCANT, at USF, then I think my answer might be a little different. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that how the WNIT is set up is that the bid system and everything is now at JMU. I think that just adds so much to it. And I think it adds so much to the to revenue. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't really know how much money they're actually bringing in, but right. You just you saw how Kamaya was so excited at the end of that Tech game. Like, yeah, you're not getting that in an NCAA tournament because you're playing a team you've probably never played before and probably won't play ever again. Right. But in that Tech game, just so much was there, and and the regional style of the WNIT. You're playing teams that you've played before. That there's kind of a rivalry there. I think it just adds more to the fire, and I think it adds more to wins. Agreed, and I think that it at least in this specific instance, 
it's very, very helpful that Virginia Tech was just happened to be on <laughs> yeah. the path and that Kenny Brooks is, you know, in his third year there and he gets to play or coach against some of his former players and players he recruited. I think that storyline alone yeah. to me is like on the more day, valuable. The thir- yeah. To the day he left. Right. <laughs> it was that was wild. <laughs> it was a perfect script. Yeah. If you had sort of drawn this up and been like, well, what if this happens? And be like, all right, that's kind of ridiculous. That the same day. <laughs> but no, I mean, just a crazy storyline and being able to win that. I think that being able to just beat Virginia Tech with Kenny Brooks means more than an NCAA tournament berth for the fan base. Just being able to do that at home, I think that's that's cool. And you look at the the women's tournaments, not really the same as the men's. The men's you'll see a lot more, at least not this year, but normally you'll have more Cinderella stories and upsets. That's not really the case for women's basketball. Oh, yeah. The the better team normally wins in women's basketball. I mean, yeah. granted, in the men's bracket, only one seed made it. One one seed made it to the Final Four. So, like, you could right. argue that, that underdogs made it. However, in women's, it's a one-two-one-two in the final four. Like it's right. U- what UConn, Baylor, Notre Dame. Ba- uh, no idea. I forget the other one, but but like it, it was the top four teams in the preseason poll. It was the top four teams in the um in the ranking system. It was one. It's one-one-one-one. Not even one-two-one-two. I'm my bad, but like. Yeah, upsets don't happen in women's basketball. Blowouts happen. Right. I mean, it's just it's just kind of crazy. I think it looks like Oregon. I think Oregon, Baylor, Connecticut. Yeah, that, yeah. Notre Dame. And Connecticut's a stupid two seed. Like, that's a really <laughs> dumb Wait, so, two seed. So are there seeds one, two, one, two? Yeah, it does look like it is one, two, one, two. Are there not yeah, four Yeah, Oregon's regions? a two. There are four. How am I messing? Wait. Where are you looking? I'm going to pull it up now as we're <laughs> discussing. Because I feel like, shouldn't there be four one seeds in the final four? Oregon beat Mississippi State. There oh. were two, a couple upsets. And then Connecticut's, uh, I don't know why. Connecticut's a really bad two. Yeah. That, That's like insane to me that they got a two. Everyone but. was complaining about that. I mean, they didn't have a loss in conference. And I think their one yeah. out of conference loss wasn't even like bad. I think it was to like Notre Dame. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they're just insane. But yeah, I mean, it's like if JMU is playing like an elite, you know, a five seed or better, it's really hard to win those games. So you might, I know they had one, they played DePaul one year. And they got destroyed. And they got killed. It was my freshman just year. Absolutely. Yeah. Just absolutely obliterated. So like, I don't think that's exciting for the fan base. I don't know how exciting it is for the players, but I think a WNIT title, I mean, I think, you look at like Logan Reynolds and Ania Young have a chance to finish their career with their last game being a win, which is really cool. And not just like any win, a championship win. Like, right. You could. I mean, I make the joke that the NIT stands for the not the not in tournament tournament. Like, mm-hmm. that's what to me it is. But at the same time, winning that is still huge because that means you're the best team out of those. I don't know, fifty teams that got in to the NIT like you're you're the best team out of all of them yeah yeah I mean it's just really impressive when you're able to sort of finish the whole thing off and get it done so I do think there's a lot of value to it I think it's gonna be exciting to see what the Dukes do in the last two games Northwestern should be a slugfest I don't know about TCU I looked up Arizona Arizona scores a little bit more 
in terms of points. So that one could be an exciting one. I think TCU scores a little bit as well. So I think the championship of the Dukes get there will have a little more offense than what I'm expecting to be a very low scoring Wednesday night matchup. But I guess we'll see how it all goes. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch. We'll, we'll only tweet Northeastern another three times. <laughs> yeah, and then hopefully we'll stop. I'm sure it'll switch, and then next year we're talking about Northeastern. And we'll say be, Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, your phone will have it auto-saved. <laughs> All right, what else we got? We got lacrosse. They were exciting to watch this weekend. Got off to 7 nothing lead before they beat San Diego State 19-8. They're 8-3. and They've beaten the crap out of teams that are not in the top 10, and they've kind of gotten destroyed by teams that are in the top 10. So I don't know what to make of that necessarily, but there's a. I think what to make of it, they're a really good team and a really great national team, except when they get into the tournament and they make it to the final, what, the Sweet 16 of the national tournament, they might have their hand. I think they're a Sweet 16 team. I think that's yeah, what I that expect means. them to win a, a game or two or whatever in the NCAA tournament, and then and then probably fall once they get to one of those really high, highly ranked squads. But still, a really good team, and they're really young. They're going to return a lot of a lot yeah. of players. So, lots of good things going on for JMU lacrosse. Still defending national champs. Can't take that away until they lose yep, and, the tournament. Then you can even keep that until they. Uh, the the new national champions. Yeah, crown. yeah, you can you can lose, and if you lose early enough, you can hold on to it for a little bit. <laughs> Very true. It's a good spin you, zone. You're you, yeah. You defend it until they the next team. Right. Wins if there's it, like so. some player strike or something, you're and there's just a huge gap. You're still a <laughs> defending champs. Yeah, like the AAF. Oh god. The Orlando Apollos will forever be the defending. Yeah, champs. they have they have the best record, right? Steve Spurrier. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Lacrosse, they're fantastic. Eight and three beat San Diego State. Good for them. Quick AAF side note. Yeah, Steve Spurrier had an interview where he was like, well, uh, we have the best record. Next best team's five and three, so uh, we're the champions. And it's like, I don't think you should be saying that <laughs> yeah, right now when the league is potentially folding. I think you should be like, we're going to work to get this this thing back on the right track. No, he's like. <laughs> Just terrible. I saw something that said like, it's like, well, even if the league is folding, at least Steve Spurrier is the winningest coach in its history. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it's and especially Steve Spurrier to say something where he's like, well, I guess we won the title when all these, you know, people put in so much hard work and, like, it's hurting their NFL dreams. And, of course, he, you know, he doesn't care, like, for the most part, at least, just because he's already done so much. Like, he doesn't need another shot. He was just doing this for fun, living in Orlando. Yeah. Talk about the dream. He was so. literally just – I feel like he was just playing it like a backyard football coach. Definitely. And it was working. <laughs> All these other coaches are like like uh, Mike March trying to draw up real plays and stuff. And he's like, all <laughs> yeah. right, Garrett Gilbert, you're going to throw to Charles Johnson. He's going to throw back to you, who's then going to throw it over <laughs> your left shoulder. And you're going to pray it goes in. And it's like, all right, coach. And it worked every time. And they played pretty solid defense, and you know that he had absolutely nothing to do with that. There's no way he was doing anything with the defense. I guarantee he didn't like talk to a defensive player unless he was like trying to convince him to switch to offense or something. There's yeah, if, no way. If you went up to Andrew Anchor and you're like, "So how's Steve Spurrier as a coach?" He'd be like, "Who?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no way he's talking to him. <laughs> but yeah, so lacrosse, they're doing their thing. They're doing well even though they've struggled against top 10 teams. Baseball, 
They're 18 and 12. They lost to Richmond today. That's four losses in a row. Should we be concerned? I, I think this team is exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, I still think they're, they're going to finish midway through the CAA, make the CAA tournament. Cause I think they just mm-hmm. have too much pitching talent to not. Right. But I don't think they're that strong of a team. Like, the Elon series, Elon's the best team in the CAA, don't get me wrong, but you had the opportunity to win one of those, and, and you couldn't, you dropped one to Delaware because your offense was that bad. Like, there are just times with this team that I feel like they need to buckle down and get things going, and if they do, I think they're dangerous, and they're the third best team in the CAA, but I think they're going to struggle against the top teams and then beat up on the bottom tier. Yep. I mean, that's exactly what it seems like. They're they're struggling a little bit. You mentioned it. The pitching talent is there, but the lineup's really young. It's inconsistent. And they're right. They have so many games where you're, like, just left scratching your head at the losses. The Delaware, I think they lost one to, like, Lafayette. I mean, they've just had weird games where it's like, you could have won that game, and they lost it. And, and the pitching's there. I mean, today against Richmond, I think they lost 3-1. to one. You give up three runs in a game, a college baseball game, you've got to like your chances at least giving yourself a pretty good shot, but they're just too many times where they struggle offensively and can't get it done. I do think they'll find a way to finally reach the 30 win plateau, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect like a CA title or anything. I think you're kind of spot on with that middle of the road finish. Yeah. Like UNCW college of Charleston and Elon, they may, they may win five games against them all season. Like maybe, but the rest of the team, the rest of the teams, Towson, Delaware, um, that's all I can think of. William and Mary's scrappy. Oh, yeah. William and Mary, Northeastern, all those classic CAA teams. I think they'll beat up on them all season. I mean, they might go two and one in a series against them, but they're going to beat up on them all year. So their CAA conference record will look great, but I think in the grand scheme of things, they're not beating the teams they need to be beating. Yeah, and I think they're going to have some of those like lapses too against. Northeastern every now and then can be pretty solid. I think they were good last year, but have sort of struggled this year. William Mary's off to a respectable start, but I think a lot of that was like scheduling. So I think when they have those teams, there's definitely, like you said, they could win one of the, some of the series, two games out of the three. I think they might have the occasional laps where they just get one, but it's, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, it's nothing, nothing crazy, but I do think they're sort of making progress in the right direction. It just seems very slow. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, <laughs> they'll be great. I I feel like now a lot of our teams were saying this men's basketball and now baseball. Mm-hmm. They'll be great in a year or two. Like their talents there. Yeah. Like they have the bet when this when the lineup's hitting, they have one of the most yeah, dynamic lineups and Nick Zona who can get on and and has deceptive speed. I mean, he went 5 for 5 a couple weekends ago. Like he can mm-hmm. hit. Trey Dabney has the power. Devon Griffin has the power. Um, David Willis has power and they also have enough like enough dynamic players and where they can hit to the gaps and get on base and and kind of mess with the pitcher while they're on base and Fox Simones and even though I think I think he's a senior but they have a dynamic lineup it's just a fact of can they start stringing things together and if they can then I think they're dangerous but I don't see that potential coming yeah yeah it's gonna take some time speaking of dangerous Megan Good and JMU Softball. They're 23-6, and 5-1 in the CAA. 
She struck out. Okay, here's I have a little gripe. She struck out 17 batters in a nine inning shutout, and she had a seven inning shutout earlier in the week where she struck out eight. So she did 16 innings of pitching, 25 strikeouts, no runs allowed. She was named CA co-pitcher okay. of the I week. I saw that too. Not even looking at her other thing. If you strike out 17 batters and break a program record, <laughs> how are you co-pitcher of the week? Did, did you look at who won co-pitcher? I didn't look. No, I, I didn't was just either. like, I what? Saw co-pitcher. I was like, you don't even get I'm my look click. <laughs> I'm going to give him a click. I'll look it up. But I also, I watched the end of, I saw she was striking out a lot of people and Towson had a feed of that game. So I turned it on because it was, went into extra innings at 0-0. Zero, zero. And uh, the announcers were two students, I believe, and they were pro Towson. Of course. Like pretty, pretty, pretty obviously. You know, like they weren't hiding it. And <laughs> one of the guys, it was like somebody was on second base. <laughs> I think there were two outs and a hit probably would have won the game for Towson. And the one guy, the color commentator, was like, my heart is telling me she's going to get a hit. My mind is telling me Megan Good's going to strike her out. He did not say that. I really believe that my heart is right in this case. And then she struck her out. (laughs) It's like, all right, good guess. She's already struck out like 15. You're going to guess. They have one hit, 15 strikeouts. You're going to guess that they're going to get a hit. (laughs) Ah, Just play the percentages, my man. (laughs) But it didn't work out. How do you? But no. How does? How does she win co-pitcher of the week? I gotta figure out. All right, I'm getting close. Softball. Abby Barker. Let's see what Abby Barker. Isn't that Elon's pitcher? Yeah. She better have had good stats. Let's see. Okay, pretty good. She did 14 (laughs) innings, no runs allowed, two and zero, just two hits, one run. How many strikeouts? But. I don't know. It doesn't say in the release, which means it can't be that many. Ah, Megan's better. I'm look it up. Just 17 strikeouts in a game is insane. That right there wins you pitcher of the week. Jeez. Just just wild overall. To, to <laughs> I saw that it was co-pitcher, and I was like, what? <laughs> That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. All right, let's see what she did. She – good radio. Where's the <laughs> – do they even put strikeouts on? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Elon's page. She had seven strikeouts. Boo. Not all that impressive. She did. But she did. She is a really good She was pitcher. pretty good. She was pretty good. 14 innings, no runs, two hits. That's all right. All right. But I still feel like it's when you have a 17 strikeout performance, it might be enough to earn you the individual I, honor. I agree. But also, I think she was the one that gave us JMU's um, one CA loss. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. She she does appear to be very good. I will allow it now that I have clicked on the link. Uh, there's still and not then the one thing, click, but <laughs> I understand it. So the one thing that I have heard nothing on, and I have no idea what the status is, but Odyssey Alexander pitched one inning in the first game of the series against Towson, and then didn't play the rest of the series. So I was assuming injury, but I haven't heard anything. But that's also partially because there's there's like no softball media coverage so i have no idea i guess we'll find out i think they play they play tomorrow yeah they play tomorrow and they move the time so that they can people can go to that and then the the basketball game i believe yeah i didn't i haven't seen anything either i saw you put this in our rundown and i googled odyssey alexander jmu just to see if maybe jamie sports put out a release Mm -hmm. on something or maybe the breeze did something but yeah there's literally nothing out there yeah, I mean, there's 
there's nothing, and I figured JMU was just going to hold it close to the best. I have no idea if anyone's even asked. Yeah. So I guess we'll figure out if she plays at all in the next coming games, and then I figure someone will eventually catch on, or we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to send someone a tweet and be like, hey, can you please ask? And then we'll <laughs> figure it out from there. But so it would be big if she is. Obviously, we don't want to speculate too much. If she is actually hurt, it could be a blow. But honestly, I have, I have no clue because I didn't watch the first game of the series, so I do not know. But something to keep an eye on would be her status the rest of the way. And even if she can't go, Megan has shown that she's pretty darn good. And Peyton has been coming in in relief in a couple of those Elon games earlier in CAA play. And she's been pretty good too. So, yeah, no, really- she's. Even though Odyssey's kind of been the ace of the staff this year. Yeah. But, yeah, going to be interesting yeah, to well, watch. It wouldn't be an issue until, like, mid-May when they're in the NCAA tournament, and I have no idea if she has, like, a an injury that serious <laughs> or if she's even injured. She could have had, like, a flu, or she was just like, I'm not playing. Like, I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Could have been a lot of things. So, yeah, we'll figure out what it is eventually, but certainly worth keeping an eye on. And then some of the other wrap-up stuff – Women's golf, Kate Owens, she won an individual title. I think she shot six under over three rounds, which is very good. She made a lot of birdies, was under par in every round. And just a freshman, so very impressive from the women's golfer, Kate Owens. Yeah, what Bennett said. And then we also had, I don't know how to pronounce her name, I think it's Olivia Viparina. I could be getting it wrong. But she is the hashtag in her bio, hashtag boring sports matter. She picked up a win in the steeplechase in a recent track and field meet. So we gave her a little section in the newsletter, and that is also on jmusportsnews.com if you want to check it out. Don't forget, there's more out there than just football and women's basketball. And men's basketball and softball and baseball and lacrosse. Yeah. So those (laughs) those main ones. There's other stuff out there. Hashtag boring sports matter. Do not forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else to add? <laughs> I think I think that's it. I can't remember if I had anything else other than the CAA. The entire men's basketball CAA is going to transfer away, and JMU is going to be playing against like <laughs> like students. Me, just like random, random, yeah, like you wreck kind of kids next year. So, I'm calling it now, JMU men's basketball is going to make the NCAA tournament. No, you, you can't year. take my bold take. You can't take <laughs> my hot take that I. Are you are you hanging on to that take all the way through until they make it? Yes, that is. Ne- Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's just say that you've had that take, and then when they make it, we'll be like, "He's been saying this for six years. <laughs> he got it right." Coach Rowe is still our coach. Fifteen years later, and they finally made it. He had a funny interview the other day where he very clearly read a James Ferris article, and he was like, "I've been reading these pieces." He was talking to Dave <laughs> Thomas. I've been reading these pieces about people saying Darius Banks should shoot more. And they're right. I'm trying to get Darius to shoot more. I tell him to, and he passes it. <laughs> that was pretty funny. He's like, I know he needs to shoot more. I love Coach Rowe. I mean, I really hope his on-the-court coaching and, like, in-game coaching and practice coaching yeah. and every aspect of his coaching gets better. But I love him in interviews. He's just so – he talks about his cholesterol, man. <laughs> With, with no follow-up questions. <laughs> Good Lord. But, no, I mean, we'll see how they do. It'll be, it will be interesting to see sort of how he develops as an in-game coach and, and those different things because the roster on paper is loaded. On paper. Which, if they play the games just like 
there's some official and he looks at like the height and weights of each player and he just watches warm ups. JMU is going to win the CAA next year based on that if they change the rules, which they might ha- have to given all the transfers. <laughs> and be nobody and else. declaring for the draft. Didn't Nathan Knight from William & Mary declare for the draft? Yeah, he can still come back. He can still change his mind. I haven't read anything about like how realistic it is that he will be a draft pick, but he's tall and can shoot and rebound, so he might still end up leaving. But who knows? Huh. Wild. Anything Wild else stuff. The people... The people of uh, Jamie Sports people to read. I didn't know how to how to word that properly. <laughs> I don't think there's there's too much out there. I'm gonna try to whip up a really quick northeast. <laughs> God damn it, northwestern <laughs> northwestern JMU preview at some point. If you're listening to it. Hopefully that'll be live. Um, and yeah, just as always, check out jmusportsnews.com and. I know there was some fun, fun arguments in JMU Nation this week. So if you're on Facebook, you can, you can look at those. Huh. Um, Should we monetize like... JMU Nation? Should we not? Dude, next week on. <laughs> we should go into a, a deep dive and bring on both sides and get a huge, like a, uh, what's that called? Like Maury, is that the show? Where they have people just like argue about their affairs. Yeah, but that, that involves blood tests. Seeing if I'm the father or not. Oh, that's a lot like of effort. That's a we lot. Need to, we need to do the blood test. And who is the father of Jamie Nation? <laughs> that would be an interesting thing to see. But I, <laughs> let's not get too Jamie Nation political here. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we'll keep that out. But anyway, it is a good group. If you're not in it, go check out it Jamie is. Nation. They, have lot, they do a good job of posting lots of stories as well. So if you're needing a JMU sports article fix you should hop on there and you'll easily find something and fan takes on everything oh lots of fan takes on yes on everything that's my favorite thing about jmu nation also there was someone who posted an april fool's day thing about on jmu this is my last side tangent and then we'll do the wrap (laughs) up and then we'll we'll be good someone on jmu nation did an april fool's day saying that we changed our mascot (laughs) to what like a purple dinosaur and he posted like it Barney. he posted it with a gif and like it was this random guy and people <laughs> believed him and I was really? like how did you guys believe him there was literally nothing <laughs> from Jamie Sports like literally <laughs> nothing today and you guys believed him but uh, that's amazing my last side tangent so yes like Bennett said head on over to www.jmusportsnews.com check out our twitter at jmusportsnews um, leave us ratings on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor.fm. Yes. We can be found at both of those. Um, if you just search JMU Sports News Podcast, um, you can find all of our latest podcasts. I think since podcast number two has been on Anchor and therefore has been on Apple Podcasts. Working on to get it on Spotify. Oh, fancy. By that, I mean Anchor's working to get it on Spotify for us. <laughs> um Fancy. If you guys like our um, ads that we have that start every single podcast, oh, yes. we thank you because we've made a dollar off of that. So that's Ooh-hoo-hoo. that's we're gonna re- reinvest that into something. But I mean, we are saving up for possibly better mics because right that now would I be helpful. Our, yeah, I think and, and figuring out a better way to record the podcast because we yes. we do get a solid 
solid listenership, but we just, I don't think we sound the best. We could sound better, but. Right. Definitely. We had, I think if I'm not mistaken, we had um, 3 million listeners last week. So thank you to all of you for tuning in. Um, Tell your friends and five stars. If you're rating us, give us five stars. If you want to go on and give us like three stars, just don't rate us. All right. (laughs) We don't want those. We want five star ratings. We know that there are 3 million of you tuned in. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, on that note, for Bennett Conlon, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. Uh, All 3 million listeners, you guys have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. See ya. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube